Here's the thing about fear. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. You just got to push through it. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name is Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we're celebrating Halloween. So I thought it was um, particularly appropriate to do a quick episode about managing fear. And yes, uh, if you know the old childhood camp song about a bear hunt, I totally stole my opening from that. Um, they go on a bear hunt and <laughs> come across all these kinds of obstacles and yeah, they can't go around them, they can't go under them, they can't go over them, they simply have to go through them. And that's the same thing with fear, guys. Um, that's what it comes down to. Uh, so many people, when they talk to me about daring greatly, living their big life, taking a chance on something, taking a risk, trying something new, everybody wants to play it safe. Everybody wants to try to avoid the risk, avoid the hurt, the disappointment that comes with rejection, the feeling of trying your best and having your best not work out. That fear of failure and rejection is what keeps people frozen, standing still, and stuck in inaction. And I know that. And I know that this will not be the last episode I do about managing fear. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to say today and how I could add something new to the conversation, because I've already talked about imposter syndrome. I've already talked about managing fears of failure and how you dare greatly. When I was trying to think of something to add to the conversation, it occurred to me that it's time for a little bit of tough love and some reality talk. I think sometimes we nurture fear entirely too much. We open the door, we welcome it in, we give it a seat at the table, and we give it our undivided attention as if it belongs there as if we're held captive to it and hostage to it so that if it's going to happen, we might as well just welcome it on in. There's this sort of blasé acceptance around it. And, you know, I was talking to a friend today and um, we were talking about different sort of myths and different uh, sort of misunderstandings that come up in terms of how people project and think about online business. And one of the things that came up is we are entirely too sensitive. People don't think about being business owners. They're stuck in their feelings and they're stuck in their human experiences as if those are the things that tell the entire story. And I kind of just want to tell people, if you want to like take a dream and turn it into something, if you want to start a business, if you want to do something new, you are going to be afraid. It is simply scary to go outside our comfort zones. That's why they say it's going outside our comfort zones, because it's not comfortable. And I don't really understand the ongoing attention and drama that fear gets, rather than how do we accept that it comes into our lives, that if we want the lives we say we want, if we want the relationships we say we want, if we want the jobs and the careers and the professional lives we say we want, we have to put ourselves out there. It's simply non-negotiable. And this idea, and I know that the political scheme likes this uh, snowflake term right now, and I kind of cringe at myself as I'm using it, but it's that universal term that people understand. But you 
you cannot be a snowflake and, un, and like run a business. And if you think you can, you need to pivot your business idea because bosses and business owners make really hard decisions. Bosses and business owners are going to fail. They're going to fall and they're going to get back up. It's simply non-negotiable. We got to help you get through it. And I have some ideas. I hope you'll listen in on the other side of this and find out what they are. As I was thinking about the stories and examples I wanted to share with you today, I started to think about my own queasy, nervous stomach uh, during gory movies and scary Halloween movies or particularly violent TV shows and movies. I'm not really a fan of them. Uh, my husband's nook in his arm can attest to the fact that as soon as there's too much blood on some medical drama, um, my face is usually in his shoulder. I look away. I don't particularly like it. It's not particularly uh, comfortable for me. Yesterday, there was um, some TV show on about snake wranglers, and we saw all of the scary snakes and heard all of their scary sounds. Um, and again, I turned away and I said, this isn't a good idea right before bed for me to start thinking about. And I was thinking about the fears I avoid. And there is no natural consequence to me avoiding those things. Um, I don't particularly feel any kind of punishment around avoiding those things. I don't miss out. I'm not losing out on something I want. There's no, you know, quid pro quo. I can avoid it and my life goes on as normal. I'm not feeling it at all. And then I started to think about the TV show Sons of Anarchy. Um, and those of you who know me are probably going to be surprised to find out that it's one of my favorite TV shows because it is incredibly violent and incredibly gruesome. But the characters drew me in and had incredible depth and incredible heart. And I got sucked in um, to the point where it's a show that's moved me to tears. And I was thinking about the amount of violence that's in that show and the amount of just careless, nonsensical violence that was in that show. I didn't need to watch it. It didn't need to be a part of my life. But I'd be missing out if I didn't watch that show because I was really attracted to the characters and I was really attracted to the heart of the show and I was rooting for people and I wanted good things to happen and it became something I cared about. I don't expect your dream to be an easy parallel analogy to my television show, but I can tell you I don't care what Freddie is doing on Nightmare of Element Street if those are actually it's Friday the 13th, right? Like those are two different horror movies that I've just combined, but I don't care what the, you know, what's happening on those movies. I absolutely cared about what was happening on that TV show and I didn't want to miss out. And so what am I getting at with this? We get to choose the fears we manage. So long as we're willing to live with the natural consequence of not dealing with the fears we don't want to face. So when you think about building your dream life, 
having your dream relationship, working on your dream business, you have got to recognize and own that you are entirely in control of what happens next. The risks you take are the risks you choose to take, the chances you take, the putting yourself out there, how you put yourself out there, the messaging, the communication, the word choice, all of that is entirely up to you. So if it's not your deal to show up on live video to talk to people about who you are, what you do, and how you serve, don't do it. Recognize that the natural consequences is that right now on social media, video is king, so it's easier to get more organic reach and more views and more interaction when you do live video, but it doesn't mean it's a requirement to do live video. Just like podcasts aren't a requirement for people to own a business, you have to put yourself out there. You have to take a chance, but you get to decide which chances you're taking. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with those choose-your-own-adventure books. And again, this is another time when I'm totally dating myself. But we used to be able to read these books in, in our school library. And maybe they even still have them for kids. I haven't seen them in a long time. But you would get to a certain point of the adventure that the, the main character was on. And it was like, if you want your character to go through the cave, you know, go to page 10. If you want your character to go up the mountain, go to page 24. And you got to choose the story and you got to choose what happened next. I think we have to start looking at this crazy dream we have, our building our dream life, building our optimal business as an adventure that we get to choose the path. There's a lot of formulas out there. Um, when I was starting couples counseling and offering couples counseling as something that I did in my private therapy business, I was researching all the couples counselors out there. And so many of them had these like prescribed scripts that you wanted to coach and guide people into saying. And I was a good student. I was that straight A student. I always did what I was told. And I read those books and God, they were full of BS because that's not the way relationships work. We have to understand the concept. We have to understand what goes into healthy communication. But at the end of the day, we have to find our own way with the people we're trying to connect with. And it's the same thing with managing difficult, scary conversations or discussions around our dream life. Like there's ways of doing it. There's prescribed sort of advice that people give. There's formulas for it. But at the end of the day, it's your life, your adventure, and you get to choose your path. But the key word here is choice, yours, and you have to make it. If you don't make it and you're stuck standing still, what the hell are you so scared of? Because you're not moving. There's nothing to be afraid of here. There's nothing to look at and folks should still keep on walking by because there's nothing to see here. But if you think about how do you collect the advice, how do you collect the suggestions and the different ways people have approached a situation so you can find your own path, and when you're charting your own way, it's going to be less scary because it's your path, 
your way. You're decreasing the risks for the things that are uncomfortable for you. One of the things that makes me nervous about doing a podcast is the engagement back compared to like blogs or sharing other posts on social media is really decreased. Like I get the stats right now and my average listenership is close to 300 a day, right? Um, and I'll maybe get two emails on a particular episode, sometimes three. So this worry and fear I have around communicating clearly and not wanting to offend someone or if somebody didn't understand a point I made, I have no way of knowing that to be able to go back and describe it differently. I have to choose to live with that discomfort, to choose to live with that worry and doubt of being misrepresented or misunderstood for the greater picture of impacting people and inspiring people into action. I don't just want to inspire people. I don't want to just motivate people. If that's all I do with my life, I'll have wasted my time. I want to inspire people into action to living their best life, as Oprah says. Everything's a cliche that Oprah says at some point, right? But that's what matters to me. And because that's what matters to me, that's why I put myself out there on a show. That's why I risk being misunderstood or risk annoying somebody or any of the other risks that come when you tell people what you really want to think. But it's my path and my choice. And I get there because I'm in control of my why. So this begs the question, right? Are you in control of your why? When we talk about busting fear and pushing through fear and moving past fear, we, we talk about it in terms of this idea that you have created a picture, a dream life, a dream relationship, a dream scenario for yourself that you want and that there's this big honking fear that's getting in your way of getting there. And I get it, and I, I know that that's the way people talk about this in the personal development realm right now. And I know, too, that the whole find your why phrase is way overused, is a total cliche, and people can give or take it. I get it. But sometimes when we're pushing past something that's uncomfortable, we need to get really crystal clear on why we're doing it. Why are we taking that chance? Why are we taking that risk? And one of the things that comes to mind is my husband has a spinal cord injury. And I remember the first time I decided to take a bit of a chance. I got him adaptive ski lessons. And I just, I knew he needed to be able to move his body in a way that felt free. I knew, like when I met him and I dated him, he was an athlete. He was a runner. He was running like three miles a day sometimes and we were hiking all over Massachusetts and he you know he did all kinds of um, he was a scuba diver he he was an athlete and after he got hurt and he was paralyzed from the waist down on a whim I got him adaptive um, uh, skiing lessons 
and I knew in my bones it was a good idea. And for the first couple of years, I never doubted that decision. I have said, and I've written articles about it, that adaptive skiing saved my relationship. Um, I don't think if he had found skiing, he would have found himself, and he never would have been able to be capable of being in a relationship with me. I credit skiing for everything until he got really freaking good at it. Until he was going up the chairlift to go down his first black diamond trail. And then my breath caught, and you can hear it now because I, I, I can feel how scared I suddenly got because half his body was already broken. I wasn't really willing to, <laughs> to sacrifice any more of his parts. And I, I didn't want him to do it. And I kept saying, like, why, why isn't the blue trail enough? There's no trees on the blue trail. There's no rocks on the blue trail. Like, why can't you just stay in the middle? Why do you have to go down the black diamond? Can't we just stick to blue? And he just looked at me, and he's like, because I have to. And... I had to be okay with that risk, and I still shudder at the risk. I still get nervous when he does those crazy, dangerous trails, and I, I wish sometimes that he wouldn't put himself out there, but it reminded me of my own New Year's resolution this year, is I haven't come this far to only come this far. And that's how he feels at the bottom of a mountain going up and getting ready to go down a black diamond trail. Yes, he might hurt himself more. Yes, he might complicate his medical situation. But the ride is worth it. He has to get tuned into that. And I need frequent, frequent reminders of that. But that's why it's worth it. And if you're going to take the risk... You have to hold on to the why, too. I think it's important to think about in this discussion, too, that just because we're scared doesn't mean we're incapable. I think so often our fear gets tied with our ability, and I'm not quite sure how that happens, but I felt it happen this summer. Um, if you've been following the show, you know my husband and I are getting ready to move cross-country to California over the next uh, month or two. We're still in New England probably for a few more weeks at least. Um, but this summer we were interviewing. His position is in Long Beach, California, so we were on, um, you know, we were out there as an interview. And we were just checking the place out, and I was the one uh, doing all the driving, and we were trying to pick which neighborhood we would want or where we might want to live. So we were just sussing things out a little bit. And I got on the freeways for the first time, and those of you who have driven both Boston and California know that the highway system in construction is just simply really different. Like, for example, Boston doesn't have lights on exit ramps, but California does. So I got onto an exit ramp and suddenly I was at a light that stopped me before I could get onto the highway. And it's six lanes of traffic and it's 
really incredibly crowded and honestly it was intimidating as hell and the way the neighborhood roads were designed were just a little bit off for me too so I wasn't always sure if I was in the right lane and I remember a moment where I was in the absolute wrong lane and I was in the lane where traffic was heading at me head on and I was able to avoid it it was a small quiet neighborhood I figured out what I had done wrong and I I shifted over and I understood the lane structure better and I remember like my eyes filling with tears and I remember feeling like I couldn't breathe and pulling over in front of a house and um, suddenly saying out loud to my husband I don't know if I can do this um, and that I hadn't thought about that in terms of myself in a really long time but suddenly the idea of exploring and learning a new area and learning a new traffic pattern, driving is not my favorite thing on the planet. I've gotten way better at it and more used to the nerves that come with it for me sometimes. But this intimidated the hell out of me. And all I wanted to do was take my toys and go home and say, I don't want to play anymore. And we didn't get an adaptive rental car. So it's not like I could just say to my husband, your turn, take the wheel. I needed to stay driving. And that was really important for me, is the idea that first we have to recognize we are going to be paralyzed by fear, frozen, stuck. I was in complete meltdown mode. It was like the ugly cry, and my poor husband had no idea what the hell to do with me. But I couldn't get out of the car. <laughs> it's not like we could move into the neighborhood. I had to figure it out. And the first thing that needed to happen is I had to sit through the doubt and the fear and the complete loss of my ability and doubt and confidence. And I had to watch all of that go out at the window. And then I had to sit in the moment where my back was against the wall and I needed to just drive. It didn't matter how scared I was. It needed to happen. And the darndest thing happened. I got used to it. I got better. And then we were given these directions that um, the GPS really has a lot of confidence in my ability. And the GPS should really know me better. But we were given this crazy, crazy, ridiculous route. And I nailed it. I crossed traffic, I crossed traffic again because first there was a right-hand exit, then there was a left-hand exit, and it was up a bridge and under a tunnel, and I freaking nailed it. I got it done. My fear was not linked to my capability, and I had it figured out. I promise you, no one was more surprised than me when that happened. But it was such a powerful lesson and reminder that our fears do not equate to our capability. Just because we're scared does not mean we can't do it. We have to understand that, own it, and hold on to it. Sometimes fear is simply, most of the times actually, fear is simply a biological response to risk. How we respond to that biological feeling, how we respond to that sensation, and what we do with it is entirely within our control. We choose the fear. We choose our path 
through the fear. We can't go over it, can't go under it, can't go around it. We got to go through it. We choose our path, we choose our reason, and we choose what the view looks like on the other side. You've totally got this. I promise you, you've totally got it. You just need to get clear on your path, your choices, and your why. And I'll see you on the other side. Thanks for joining me today. I was happy to have this conversation with you. If you have any questions, certainly reach out to me over at heather at choose to have it all.com. I am accepting uh, requests for people who want to do a call into the show. Uh, send me an email over at heather at choose to have it all.com for that too. And I'll get you all set up and we'll do some live coaching on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. And I'll talk to you next time.